Hey friends, welcome to a special episode of All Up In Your Ears. I'm Kava Akbar, and joining me in spirit are Francine J. Harris, Gabrielle Calvacaresi, and Jonathan Farmer. Uh, this is a different sort of episode for us. We'll be back to our regular format soon, but after, after all the sort of grotesque and mercenary legislation targeting the queer community all across our country, and after Orlando, we wanted to do something. We wanted to create something, um, anything, a poem or a space or a project or anything that we could work at and be proactive about in our grief. Uh, We weren't really sure what that should look like, and I think it's true that we still aren't really sure what that should look like. Um, We've had a lot of ideas and have sort of just come to believe that the best thing we can do might just be to step back and invite our friends, our favorite poets, and our favorite people to just come on and read their own poems uh, and let this episode be a celebration uh, of the queer voice, the literal queer voice. Um, So that's what this is going to be. That's what this is. Uh, I'll shut up here in a second and turn over the mic to this brilliant group of LGBTQ poets who have assembled. Um, There are over 30 of them, 30 of our favorites, uh, each of whom sent a recording of themselves reading one of their own poems. They're poets we love uh, as poets and poets we love as people. Um, But before we do that, uh, though, we did want to mention you can still provide much-needed support to the victims of the Orlando shooting. You can provide, you can help provide long-term aid for the victims' families and to the survivors directly by going to gofundme.org slash pulsevictimsfund. It's the official fund for the victims and the families of the victims, and the money will be dispersed by Equality Florida, which is, uh, which is the state's queer civil rights organization. That website, again, is gofundme.org slash pulsevictimsfund. We'll also post a link to that at our website, allupinyourears.com, along with bios of each of our readers and time marks so you can follow along with who is reading and when. Um, so you can find that at allupinyourears.com. All right, that's enough from me. Now on to the poets. As always, thank you so much for spending time with us. Hello, my name is Reginald Harris, and this is Portrait, Two Men Sleeping. Paired volumes, years like pages between familiar covers, in a crowded room. Spoons, circled arms, a bowl, stirring, scooping out milked chocolate. The nightly unmaking. Dreams of journeys, trains, subways, empty words mouthed before mute strangers. Of keys, of bars, of cells, unheeded calls to interchanging faces. Skeletons. Wake to shaking, shadows in the middle night. Two hands pressed toward a kiss, finger tongues intermingled, fine as lace. Four eyes closed. Ever sightless ones, twinned pebbles drowsing in a lake of fur, cupped by palms, side by side, side pressed to side, 
curved template, molten clay flowing into it, in echo as mirror at the dawn. Hi, I'm Ari Banyas, and this is my poem, Who is Ghost? Who is Ghost? The translucent almost. Who, flotilla, is footless, is died and come back. Who, sheet, and ooh, is remembered. Is ghost, is flicking on and off the lights, is brush the shoulder with gauzy touch. Who is whisper in ear, whisper of curtain in and out with breeze. Who, flash, is haze, is gone. Forgotten is ghost, the ones with different names now, the girl they say became a, who is he, who one time got kissed in a field, it was summer, bare ankles dampened by night grass, who was uncurled, is shook out, the candle with four matches sunk in its wax, who any flame is, is the prairie taken by it, the half-made bed, the half-said word, before it folds up into the throat, the first time someone took off your clothes, the clothes themselves, is ghost. This is Jericho Brown, and I'm reading Host. We want pictures of everything below your waist, and we want pictures of your waist. We can't talk right now, but we will text you into coitus, all thumbs, all bi-coastal and discreet and masculine and muscular. No whites, everybody atop. We got a career to think about. No face, we got kids to remember. No one over 29, no one under 30. Our exes hurt us into hurting them. Disease free, no drugs. We like to get high with the right person. You got a girl, bring your boy. We visiting, room at the W. Name's D, name's J. We DJ, we Trey, we Troy, we Q, we not sending a face. Where should we go tonight? You coming through? Please know what a gym looks like. Not much time, no strings, no place, no face. Be clean. We haven't met anyone here yet. Why is it so hard to make friends? No games. You still coming through? Latinos only. Blacks will do. We can take one right now, text it to you, be there next week, be there in June. We not a phone person we can host, but we won't meet without a recent pick and a real name and the sound of your deepest voice. Hi, this is Fatima Asker, and I'm reading my poem, Mother. In the mornings, I peel off my sadness and hang it up to dry. I walk throughout the day with my organs out as the mosquitoes orbit my blood. I watch a petal bloom into a skirt of pink and think of how I waited for my first period for years. In the morning, the red stain rippled in the toilet. 
how I played football with the boys in the school park and let my mustache grow longer than anyone in my class. And isn't that a type of girlhood too? In my sex dreams, a penis swings between my legs, a pendulum or clock tower puncturing my days. I watch myself destroy the bodies of others and my wetness blooms across the sheets. Maybe this is why I wake up sad, longing for my other body only to rise, drowned in an echo of its silhouette. Mother, where are you? How would you have taught me to be a woman, a man? Can you help me? Each day without you, I pile questions and whisper them to your new body, the soil, and the grass laughs in my face. Sometimes I laugh along and for a moment forget I was talking to you. Sometimes I let you go and my body is fully mine, fully alive, dancing, boy girl, feet pounding into the earth. Sometimes I come home brimming with the hours of the day, my forgetting, glowing guilty on my skin. I put my grief back on. I'm not used to being happy, not used to high-heeled shoes or too many rings. But please, know I am not complaining. Don't take from me my loneliness. I promise my small joy is not goodbye. This is Kazim Ali. I'm reading my poem, Square. Caught between slaughter and capture, hovering over the geometry of battle. Distant, evergreen, distill and claim me. I am changing now to tiger or flame. In the wild lunar penumbra, I pitch a tent on the raft of the sea. Divine my hand, this shame of sun, like a chess piece on its square that only has one move to make. I am led back to the combat zone in which I was born, gossiped about by God, taught like a string that sings umbilical, sought like a sailor drunk in the wind. Hello, my name is Roberto Montes. When you're gone, I'll keep you around. Original fire criticized the man without eyebrows. Original fire took me in the pantry and the no gender bathroom stall. A prophecy is a story you are about to enter. A story is original fire bleeding at the iron that stokes it. The social worker held my distempered leg. The social worker wore my head without eyebrows. It was original fire that knotted him with what I cast aside to fit in against the white background. My beef tongue couldn't muscle an R, but I could freely through the schoolyard, scattering loyalists. To say that I wept for them would be too obvious to bear. I wept for myself. I wept for Bill Knott. An original fire was outed by the foaming sea, queer as hell and as illuminating. The coral skull had no eyebrows as it mouthed me off. It seemed wrong to describe the pain as antibacterial, but truthfully, I was clean. A boy rubbing against an office chair who didn't know better 
who knew worse could enter at any moment the innermost tissue before the organ they named original fire bloodlessly undoing itself. In a diagnostic letter from Bill Knott, you don't have to exist, but it helps. You don't need a connection, but it helps. A manifesto isn't so difficult. When Bill Knott was alive, when the social worker was alive, I used to picture my neighbor shirtless and then beat myself in the throat and across the cheek. The markings were my own and how we recognized each other. You animal, I screamed my neighbor who was original fire, offering to help. You animal, I told the ungovernable mud that accepted my body, gurgling. You could breathe most anything. But how long? I asked the man without eyebrows who only shook his head at the crossroads, Bill Knott. It was little effort dying, so I stopped. And it was original fire that first hailed me when I was gone, kept me around on the windowsill, left out a little more space, knew the clearing by name, knew the name by scent. The stones were held against recommendation close to the body, which ruined them. Explains my blood or why my veins are always so close to the surface, indistinguishable from the crystals that corrode me. Salt from the earth, salt from the sea, evacuated of promise and with original fire, promised too much. Hi, I'm Maureen Seaton, and this is my poem, Ghost Story. After Thich Nhat Hanh, Vasarian Belinsky, and Sandra Cisneros. If you are a ghost, you will see yourself floating in this piece of paper, which is invisible, which is not really invisible, but someone's idea of invisible, or rather, visible, and not really paper, but a kind of placebo for paper, a pretend home for a virtual ghost story which is not really a ghost story, but a story about gender in an invisible, not really, sheet of paper with eye holes. And if you are a ghost, your gender is neither past nor future, and only an explicitly present in either a virtual or an actual sense, although actual is relative as, if you are a ghost, you know all too well. Therefore, if you are a ghost, do not worry about future incarnations, for you contain them all within you, and they will be both moral and refundable if you follow your inspiration freely. Angels will break sound barriers in your honor. Hi, this is C. Dale Young, and I'm reading my poem, Torn. Torn. There was the knife and the broken syringe, then the needle in my hand, the true cut followed by the night blue suture. The wall behind registration listed a man with his face open. Through the glass doors, I saw the sky going blue to black as it had 24 hours earlier when I last stood there gazing off into space, into the nothingness of that town. Bat to the head, knife to the face, they tore down the boy in an alleyway, the broken syringe skittering across the sidewalk. No concussion, but the face torn open, the blood congealed and crusted along his cheek. Stitch up the faggot in bed six, is all the ER doctor had said.
queasy from the lack of sleep. I steadied my hands as best as I could after cleaning up the dried blood. There was the needle and the night blue suture trailing behind it. There was the flesh torn and the skin open. I sat there and threw stitch after stitch, trying to put him back together again. When the tears ran down his face, I prayed it was a result of my work and not the work of the men in the alley. Even though I knew there were others to be seen, I sat there and slowly threw each stitch. There were always others to be seen. There was always the bat and the knife. I said nothing, and the tears kept welling in his eyes. And even though I was told to be quick and dirty, told to spend less than twenty minutes, I sat there for over an hour closing the wound so that each edge met its opposing match. I wanted him to be beautiful again. Stitch up the faggot in bed six. Each suture thrown reminded me I would never be safe in that town. There would always be the bat and the knife, always a fool willing to tear me open to see the dirty faggot inside. And when they came in drunk or high with their own wounds, when they bragged about their scuffles with the knife and that other world of men, I sat there and sutured. I sat there like an old woman and sewed them up. Stitch after stitch, the slender exactness of my fingers attempted perfection. I sat there and sewed them up. Hi, I'm Ife Chidani Oputa, and this is my poem. I have been born like I will never bear. Broken, what I make with my hands. What I make with air shiver in my throat. Fiction. My tongue does not make but poor translation. Hunger everything. When I mean hunger everything. Bear when I mean love. What I won't make with the body that's left me. My name is Denez Smith, and this is At the Down Low House Party. At the down low house party, don't expect no nigga to dance. Here, we drink hen, hold the wall, graze an elbow, and pray it lasts forever. Everybody wants to be a nigga, but don't. We say, what's good, meaning I could love you until my jaw is but memory. We say, yo, meaning let my body be the falcon's talon and your body be the soft innards of goats. But we mostly say nothing. Just sip some good brown, trying to get drunk with permission. Sometime between here and being straight again, some sweet-boned, glittering boy shows up, starts voguing and shit. His sharp hips pierce our desire, make our mouths water and water, and we call him faggot, meaning bravery. Faggot, meaning often I've dreamed of you, flesh damp and confused for mine. Faggot, meaning hail the queen, hail the queen. Faggot, meaning 
I've waited ages to dance with you. My name is Jamie Ringleb, and I'll be reading a poem called Love Poem. Imagine a day alone and call it love. Let it mean all things are equal. Let it mean you have eaten, you are filled on a randomness of quick sale meats. Use the word delicious. For yourself, use the word collected, complete. Let it mean all things revolve around a wet, living stone. Call it heart. Let it mean the earth moves with you, loop after loop. Never mind what you are known for or last night's dinner of cheese bread. What is sadness? Think sadness was a friend across the table. Never mind the man she named for you over dinner on Friday. What was his name? Anthony? Never mind Anthony. Anthony is blonde and blue-eyed and a waiter, and it said quite funny. Think Anthony is not a day alone, though. Not love. Let this break your heart, but don't say break your heart here or anywhere. Nobody wants to see it wild and out. In this poem, ask, what heart? Let it be the wet living stone. Revolve around it this way, alone and alive. Remember you are equal to anything equal to the earth. Say, little heart, for all your murmuring, I imagine you're textured like a persimmon. Say, little heart, if you are at all like a persimmon, I'll seal you in a jar of lime water to rid you of your unbearable flavor. Say, little heart, which of your ventricles is your favorite, your hardest worker? Say, little heart, I've tested the idea you're my hardest worker and will not stop. Drop your little heart in a mason jar and set it aside for the day. You will be truly in love then, won't you? You will be complete. This poem won't mind what you're known for or what you have brought with you. Nobody will love you like this poem does. Let this poem fill you. Let it wash your hair. It will use egg whites and honey. Maybe you'd like something different. Tell this poem what you want. Anything. The earth. Say, little heart, let me thumb you through until all your stones are turned and your meats sold. Say, little heart, let there be a primacy in you. Let there be a primacy in you a poem can get to. My name is Casey Rostro, and this poem is called Becky, after Morgan Parker. Let's cut to the chase and call them all Becky. Becky taught me how to fix a bike tube and was pissed when I ruined her night eating shit on the J-Way. Becky had too much tequila on Halloween and tackled me into the mud. Becky slow grind. Becky's boyfriend won't let her with anyone else except me. She tells me this as I spread her thighs on the bathroom countertop. She writes me love letters. I kissed her three times because she was weird about even numbers. Once, outside a club... She begged me to let her feel me up, and then the DJ cracked up when she told me that I had great tits, and I said, I know. 
Becky says a reminder of her dad, kind of, or like maybe the first boy she let finger her. Becky wants to know if I'll come over to her older boyfriend's apartment so I can show him just how flexible I am. She loves Captain Beefheart. She can't think of anyone else she'd rather talk about lemonade with. The last time she called, she wanted my advice because her boyfriend just proposed to her. Becky doesn't identify as queer. She likes it when I'm mean to her. She wants a husband with a beard and love handles. Becky audibly moans when I whisper, let me show you, baby, I'm a talented boy, into her ear on the dance floor. She can dance, a little. She inadvertently cuddles me in her sleep. We aren't dating. She's just a friend. Becky looks me in the eyes while her tongue circles the butt of my cigarette. She's never been with a girl before. I'm her second ever black friend. We're not dating, Mom. When I get home in the morning, she's in the kitchen agreeing with my roommate about what a good kisser I am. She's riding her bike from Boston to Denver. She's spending the winter in Berlin. She's tired of New York. She's not sleepy anymore, but I am. I carry her bike over one shoulder and her on my other arm. She's in her band now. Her last girlfriend really fucked her up. She asks about my moon sign. Becky wants to take me up to her parents' beach house. She wants me to meet her friends. Oh. My. God. Becky. Becky's bestie tells me Becky spent the night with James when she said she was sick. And she yelled at him when he couldn't get it up. I don't have those kinds of problems, but Becky's a closet case and wouldn't know. She wants to know where I keep the ginger. She gets sloppy drunk and tells me I'm the only person she trusts. I carry her out of the woods. Becky lifts up her skirt in her cousin's basement. She loves bell hooks. She doesn't get what I don't like about the L word. She knows how to sharpshoot. She knew how to back up a pickup truck by age 10. Her girlfriend is in France. She's praying for Orlando. I fed her the cherry from my whiskey sour and watched her crush it against the roof of her mouth. Her favorite color is mint. She always puts me on the guest list. I'm not Becky's first choice. She called her ex again. Becky likes it when I wear a fitted, that I carry a pocket knife. She retells the story as her getting stopped by the cops when I was the one that they thought were dealing drugs in my own front yard. I guess she kind of reminds me of my mom, but more so of Courtney Love. She always wants me to be her best friend, but she's never been mine. I don't even return her calls. She blushes when I pull her panties to the side and say reparations. Her boyfriend can't ever find out. She still sends nudes on my birthday, where she purses her mouth like she wants me to carry her out of a burning house on my back. Becky Carolyn Bryant. I know how to whistle, but I won't. I feel like Freud would go to town on this. I think maybe it's an inherited trait from one of my fathers. I feel like Bessie would be disappointed or thrilled. There's a breadline's worth of grandmothers who thought about choking Miss Anne the way I do Becky. I just do it in the dark where she can't see me. It's not the same, but the joke is... The one about how she can't see I won't stick around long enough to be my daddy.
This is Michael Klein, and I'm going to read my poem, The Radiant. To go to the Russian baths on a whim, which is what Matthew and Shane and I just did, is sort of like getting on the Staten Island ferry on a whim, which is what Nina and I once did in my first body's world of girlfriends and high school voice lessons, the terrifying Carmina Burana and then Schubert's haunted song cycle, Vinteress, and its songs for the haunted postman, the haunted raven. How did I ever survive my own singing and still sing, or did we walk? the unknown satin island until it came up short at the burned-out house where some clothes got left and where, as a kind of praise to survive, we took ours off and put on some others that the fire didn't want. Then we got back on the ferry, which in my mind charged ahead in the story and took 30 years to get to this night's whim, which is the opposite of Staten Island, the opposite of Nina, is radiant heat or icy water or propelled mint air rolling in steam along some classic tiles. My mind broke into a hundred images for pleasure until my body, cave around a stove, was actually there. And there again, in the past again, but forward, where the poem just started, this time a fallen night's flash in the eye of a sequined hem. I'm next in line for sex in the 70s, tonight at the club baths, drunk probably, noticeably probably, down to my last admission money, loving on some weekend Texan who thinks New York has always been Warhol's city, Warhol's war cry. Open city, I tell him. I tell him where my body. I am in the world as object, and tonight I meet my body again in the second world of my body, utilitarian and nobody else's. I am remembering my body in time. It has so many movies in it, so many last scenes. My body has people leaving a theater in it. My body is of the tribe, not queer, not current, not desirous of anything, except, is this relief? What comes on by degrees? I am trying what's left of my health in a certain temperature and trying it again in another room. Lady Lazarus's heart comes to me suddenly. It really goes. And then, just as suddenly, something I would never say. I am radiant. I am in radiant's hand. My name is Cameron Awkwardrich, and this is a poem written to Lawrence Jackson, a black trans feminine person arrested in Chicago for wearing a dress in 1881. Still life. A figure in a room, black dress slit up the thigh, a voice issues from the seam. I sit in the dark and watch your hips, your practiced walk. Somewhere, there's a photograph of me in a strapless dress, me flexing my grin, my skinny arms. An image won't show you the fight at its edges, my girlfriend shining like a pearl, her father's finger on the shutter, the compromise beneath the skirt. If I can see you only in the moment you are caught, what kind of we does that make? Rows of dark bodies hunched against the page, above the page. In the archive of ink and yellow trees, there you are before the judge, offering to leave the city, to walk away with nothing in your pockets, no pockets. This, you think, is what they want from you, to look and not see you standing. 
What happens after that? The trail ends with you, framed by dark. They don't want us to leave exactly. Instead, to not have to look, to know we're there. Anything can be made into a cage. Garment, sentence, cage. I draw a frame around the frame. A bright afternoon in Indiana on your shoulders. Dress black and spun in a field of gold. Dress a knot of brazen blackbirds. The body, not a question. Natalie Diaz Imuik, Nyayukanov. If I should come upon your house lonely in the West Texas desert, I will swing my lasso of headlights across your front porch. Let it drop like a rope of knotted light at your feet. While I put the car in park, you will tie and tighten the loop of light around your waist, and I will be there with the other end wrapped three times around my hips, horned with loneliness. Reel me in across the glow-throbbing sea of green thread, blue stem, prickly poppy, the white inflorescence of yucca bells up the dust-lit stairs into your arms. If you say to me, this is not your new house, but I am your new home, I will enter the door of your throat. Hang my last lariat in the hallway. Build my altar of best books on your bedside table. Turn the lamp on and off, on and off, on and off. I will lie down in you. Eat my meals at the red table of your heart. Each steaming bowl will be just right. I will eat it all up. Break all your chairs to pieces. If I try running off into the deep purpling scrub brush, you will remind me there is nowhere to go if you are already here. And pat your hand on your lap, lighted by the topazian lux of the moon through the window. Say, here, love, sit here. When I do, I will say, and here I still am. Until then, where are you? What is your address? I am hurting. I am riding the night on a full tank of gas, and my headlights are reaching out for something. Hi, everybody. This is Alex, and I'm going to read my poem, Always. Um, it's a little bit loud, actually, in my bedroom right now. There's fireworks for some reason. So um, there's that, and there's always New York. Um, so if you hear a little bit of um, background noise, just pay no mind. Um, it's sort of the quietest spot um, in the apartment, which is a studio, so it's not that big. Um, there's not many places to go. This is called Always. We're good at keeping how we shouldn't feel. On the ferry to the island, I burned alone that way. At least, he thought, there'll be an earth to sink in. The last scenes in Shakespeare, I forget to breathe. When history caught up with us, no less cruel than our parents. Wanted to tell you of the psychic witch who found my life with one eye, though we weren't speaking then, and here you're dead. I've put a period to end each thought that won't end. Come into my house, they were, and talk to me about another life. The park is true and in perpetual August. Yes, I'm late and going 
going back there. These small hopes, traces, spit on the sidewalk. I'm an adult and feel less urgent every day. No one's number matters, but the voices anchor and the coolness at the bottom of a memory or how people stop to watch the moon together. Finally knowing you, I know I cannot know you. This body's terrible at your religion. And why eternal life if pleasure's time bound and each new year's a killing? He said the dead are one long summer, walking, going nowhere. And some punctuation in an emailed note reminds me who I am more so than what I've written. I would pause for you and be a million commas, the way a flock of birds will leave a tree, not just the sound or lifting. That's where I want to put my hands inside you. And I found it on a train beside more pools, passing mountains near the city dust, between the ribs or where the dust waits, I gave my life a real nice show. And then you went away so I could see you as graffiti in a bar. Just once, a man is stepping on the moon. The earth or your one life is gone. The phone rings and you're leaving. Let your black hair, let your black hair get in my way, always. Hi, I'm Hannah Enser, and this is my poem, Harem. I live in endless theorem. I live relentless correction. You didn't tell me we could sell the art. Fiscal touching, fiscal touching in the courtyard. It elicits a response. Looking around the house, peeling the wallpaper off, all so salable. Watch pawn stars and sleep. It seems that death is very possible. I have a million corporeal feelings. I live peerless, hearless, and bearless. Here, this. Before it's all gone, we should touch the walls, elicit. Before I gray my hair. Before I marble statue. Not goodbye, but see you later. Hola. I'm Eduardo de Coral, and this is my poem, To the Angel Beast. All that glitters is it music. Once, hidden in tall grass, I tossed fistfuls of dirt into the air, dough after dough of leaping. You said it was nothing but a trick of the light, gold curves, gold scars. Am I not your animal? You'd wait in the orchard for hours to watch a deer break from the shadows. You said it was like lifting a cello out of its black case. Hi, this is Adam Fitzgerald, and I'm going to be reading a poem of mine called Dead Girls. White people prefer murder to happen to strangers. Viewers prefer stories about dead girls where drowning was popular. Beachfronts are popular, houses by the bay, houses by the lake. Bodies of water have a long-studied relationship to suddenly passing away. The scene is a chemistry classroom, daylights undertaker makeup. My boyfriends sullen and cute. There are flashbacks to dancing designer drugs inside bloated McMansions, where deodorant commercials play on loop. 
The detective learns how he hit me, how I wore his lost necklace, how my BFF made out with aliens, my life a mystery, everyone hungry. The fate of my name on the lips of the curious. Our coach encouraged me, my dad bloated with grief, my breast small, my pelvis slight, my blue corpse is angular in daylight. Multiple autopsies are performed, murder sleeps in our mist, a princess from Connecticut in the middle of life taken under the covers of psychiatry. But no one tells anything when they find my body floating through the marsh. My mother ghosts the room, worn to a stony nub. The season is almost over. Blood calls to blood. The mayor and governor convene. Nothing can stop until the waterfront project's completed. In my life, are you the happy girl or am I? In the story of my life, do you mind not knowing? Hello, this is Crystal Boson, and this is my poem, Backsliding. Mostly rains hard when you're sleeping. Comes down mean as the branch, peeled green down to a switch, waiting for an ass by the back porch. We can't baptize in floods. This here ain't a sprinkle. This here ain't a dunk. Seems like God is a woman who cooks hate grits at night. My name is Tommy Blount, and this is my poem, But the Weather, the Weather. At least the sun's out, I tell the men I'm borrowing for an hour. Of the last round of storms, I ramble off words like rough, harsh, bad. I go on about last winter, this day, about a year ago. Then, like that, I shut my mouth around the rough ramble of wordlessness. But there are always storms drawn to the panhandle. I think a steel drums beg from the Key West ad again. Bare-wristed and grinning, without a care for what day or year it is, the man spins his hourglass wife to the score of voiceover and steel drums, begging us to leave everything for the panhandle, for Key West. Always shoeless, the lovers dip, Laugh at that same joke I keep wishing I could hear through the glass. We, what, husbands of risk, of want, have but an hour booked. At least it's sunny outside. I shut the shade of the narrow window. Now some reruns laugh track. We must be joking. Shoeless lovers. We dip our toes into the carpet. I shut off the lamp. I shut the blinds like a book. A narrow window of sunlight, but at least we'll get sunlight. I shut my mouth. Let my hand reach for his bouncing knee, his guilt finger. My name is Carl Phillips, and this is my poem called Last Night. Then he said it was like learning the hard way, as in too late, that maybe recklessness is overrated. And though I disagreed, 
I did not say so. I disembarked instead. Behind me, the skiff keeps nudging the pier, rough sex diminishing or just now revealing itself, a distinction that from here I can see matters. It should. It should have. Sometimes the light can seem to stand in for reluctance. Last night, the dark did. I have rested my hand on the beloved's head. As with regret, so too with prayer. His skull, my hand. There's a trembling inside the both of us. There's a trembling inside us both. I'm Oliver Bendorf, and this is my poem, Take Care. Sometimes I mistake the sound of my voice for a rubber tire on the shoulder of the road. I mistake my shoulder for an angle formed by two lines coming together in geometry. I mistake geometry for the way that mothers are the holy, holy, holiest of holes in the heart. And I mistake holy for a dried up plant rolled into the pages of someone else's vision. I am just as full of shit as everyone, including you. And I mistake my fullness for abeyance, mistake suspension for an early spring rabbit hiding frozen in the road. I am not the spring rabbit, I know, but it's easy to mistake my ears for tambourines. I am good at them without expending any effort. Once I mistook the tart infatuation of a kumquat for another seedless calamity. I mistake seeds for nothing all the time. I mistake time for space, space for freedom, sparkles in the alley for a sign that our universe is sentient after all and loving and will take care of those of us who pray, however mistakenly, not on our knees exactly, but with our hands clasped that we may be mistaken for believers. I mistake my hands for belief all the time. I keep waking up expecting them to be someone else's, but so far they're only mine, and when I mistake distance for absence, I tend to go astray. Like when I can't tell if someone is walking away from me or toward me until it's too late in either direction. I wonder whether coroners mistake knees for elbows the way my love loses track of left and right. There are times, or should I say spaces, in which I mistake fire for work gloves, which is almost always a mistake and vice versa. I want a compass. I need deliverance. Good God, take me, mistake me back to the soft shoulder, which I mistake so often for the road itself. At the Pound by Gala Mukumalova. Say you're a bitch. Say you growl when you guard and howl when the moon is full. Big deal. Who doesn't? We're all acquainted with death, all bleed in our $20 panties, bought because we're grown as hell, staying on, bitch. Rolling dirt and rot. Roll your tongue over a clit cloaked in iron and come out hands, red leather gloves. Too many poems make that idea sound romantic. If there are love dogs no one knows the name of, then they're lost dogs. Bitches untethered. You don't need the pound of pit barks. I don't stop for ugly. I'm not a love dog. Relentless cage, empty or full of wagon whisper. 
one sloppy jowl, red eyes, can't stand it, not a woman waiting to give you a good fuck, to give up your life, keep it. One day, she called me, sweet girl, said, come here, pretty fag, and the next, fuck it, I stay hungry, clean your plate, don't come up for air, lick your fingers for salt, or salt them myself, besides, none of these animals are my animals, don't linger, I won't give anything a name. This is Jameson Fitzpatrick reading, I Woke Up. I woke up, and it was political. I made coffee, and the coffee was political. I took a shower, and the water was. I walked down the street in short shorts and a Bob Miser tank top, and they were political. The walking, and the shorts, and the beefcake silkscreen of the man posing in a g-string. I forgot my sunglasses, and later, on the train, that was political, when I studied every handsome man in the car. Who I thought was handsome was political. I went to work at the university, and everything was very obviously political, the department and the institution. All the cigarettes I smoked between classes were political, where I threw them when I was through. I taught Angela Davis to a formerly incarcerated man nearly twice my age, and how I was complicit in my privilege was political. I was blonde, and it was political. So was the difference between blonde and blonde. I had long hair, and it was political. I shaved my head, and it was. That I didn't know how to grieve when another person was killed in America was political, And it was political when America killed another person, who they were and what color and gender and who I am in relation. I couldn't think about it for too long without feeling a helplessness like childhood. I was a child and it was political, being a boy who was bad at it. I couldn't catch and so the ball became political. My mother read to me almost every night, and the conditions that enabled her to do so were political. That my father's money was new was political, that it was proving something. Someone called me a faggot, and it was political. I called myself a faggot, and it was political. How difficult my life felt relative to how difficult it was was political. I thought I could become a writer, and it was political that I could imagine it. I thought I was not a political poet, and still, my imagination was political. It had been. This whole time, I was asleep. Hi, my name is Franny Choi, and this is my poem. So there, each new ache makes the old ones hum along. My heart is a room lined with gongs. One new footstep, and the whole place vibrates. So there, I'm aching again. Even the good kind. Even the kind where a sad boy smiles from across the room, and some bone goes ringing. Thunder in the air, and I'm rubbing all my knees, 
clutching the stone wall as I try to walk to work like nothing's happened. It's awful, you know, to still want the sun after being emptied in broad daylight. Awful to remember how tightly my friends held me, to still need to be strapped down, flattened to the floor so my skin won't rise and fog the windows. When I say, tie me to the bed, I mean rub salt in my joints so I don't lose my shape, constellation of ache I use to map where my body ends. I mean bury your fingers in each wound, show me how deep it goes, point me out in the crowd of faces clouding the headboard, oh hunchback, make me your clock tower, make a mallet of your mouth, oh small broken god, make me ring. Remind me what terrible music my iron jaw can still make. Hi, this is Lillian Yvonne Bertrand, and I'm going to read a poem called The Grains of Ascendancy. It's an abecedarian, and it's a poem about wheat and grains. And it was originally featured in an issue of Public Pool, www.publicpool.org. Thanks for listening. The Grains of Ascendancy. Agrigold squares the county roads in miles. And not since Solomon is production so biblical. Roots deepening into kernels and crops reflecting natural laws. Consider the traits of cops, crosses, and roses. How this scenario reflects all American scientists zeroed in on the diversity of wheats. Grains dry, husked, and rubbed to a staticky charge. In this weather so extremely of the late century, I count every presence, every ever-present penis skimming the dialogue, and my fussy bungles the tenure denouement, irritating seasonal growing patterns. And yet the chemicals stagger to their greatness, yell over the world, that the indigenous will inherit the earth and some subsidized custer will kill you under with a tweet. I can't breathe for all this modern wheat stoppering my nostrils. I await the American agriculturists to address the issue of this intolerance. I too once loved the mania west of independence, Jefferson City, and the world's only corn palace, closed for renovation on my visit. To kill time, I buy a pink police girl cap gun, a five-point tin sheriff badge. Freeze, or I'll light you up. Mankind came to modernity on the whittled backs of grain. 
blame schizophrenia on gluten, revolution on night sweats, night sweats on red summer, red summer on red May, red May on the wheat wave, wheat wave on easements easing open leagues of frontiers, hectares now proofing with bloom, milling punishes grain and calls it progress. This night is Illinois quiet, save for the mill train and alfalfa fields shishing the air. If I die in police custody, return me to my mother as a cup of rice seeds in a blood-soaked sock. This night is canyon quiet is Maine quiet and lobster shell red, the color of battered flesh too changed to ever change back. Unhealthy wheat culture means civilization is in decline, and if we're gone, this whole playhouse goes up in smoke. And who left will pollinate these vacant hulls? I see green fields but I can't seem to get there know-how. Wheat can, but we can't winter here. With allies like these, who needs anthrax? Can you survive everything? Centuries in, centuries out, the roller mill restyles colonial wheat and the germs of revolution relapse and flap like cards in the spokes of Zarathustra. Hello, my name is Derek Austin and this is my poem, Magnolia. Rows of church windows, five-pronged, milky with light, are like magnolia blossoms, though they are like lilies too, and cotton also. But they're most like magnolias I sat under in late summer, watching their wax goblets and shuddering chiaroscuro leaves seem to turn and flutter like fans. A row of dark limbs shot through with white, a procession of women whispering or softly crying, but they were a cluster of trees, and I imagine while I looked, one carnivore ate of another and each other, and one, perhaps, escaped into the brush, into survival, which is, after all, an admission. I will be attacked again. Though the killing between animals is not a sickness in the soul, but who am I to say? I did not see them, and I do not know. A man once said I was lovely, like those flowers, but I am not in the least like the petals, more like the rough stamens and carpels, a black head on snow, like the heads of St. Morris and his decimated brothers, the trees shaggy with Morris's, Silent heads nodding in a perfumed field, not unlike the heads of the congregants, all our heads, under magnolia-shaped windows. I can't stand to look ahead at another dead black boy. Hi, my name is Erica Foreman, and this is my poem, I Got Mad Love. There are no Drew Barrymore's in my film adaptation. Lovers watch me spin into snow lines of static, leave with the front door open. I won't cut out the eyes of magazine girls, paste them to my wall, 
Instead, watch YouTube videos on how to crown my locks electric, sometimes bruise men without permission. I masturbate before dressing for work, beat my face for the gods, keep purple eyeliner in the clutch, sit in traffic, punch a clock, then smile like I own a thing or two. When I bleed, I drink beet juice and pray for a reason to clap back, laugh loudly, joy, pay a bill on time, pretend memory is not a hangover, find a cure. Viola Davis my way through a room with no wig, call you bigot to your face, keep my hunger for pushing my fingers against the wall of a lover's writhing. I'm feeling myself on the dance floor in the bedroom of my witching hour, light the mother's candle, hope I don't salt to ground, I hope. Eat collards out the pot, drink its liquor. Let lovers whelp my body for tomorrow's blue pleasure. Don't look for Chris O'Donnell to save me. He was a shitty Robin anyway. It's not the 90s anymore, except for this dark mat, the way I rip my jeans. Some days when I am brave, I walk to the train without headphones. I wish a bitch would tell me to smile, the arrow of my brow cutting his spleen out. On my best days, I take my sheer black bra off before the deadbolt slides shut. Pour myself a glass of red wine, let it stain my tits. Roast a chicken and suck the salt off every finger. Live. Hi, I'm Richie Hoffman. I'm reading my poem, Amor Winkit Omnia, which means love conquers all. Some nights, we lived that way. Like a horse carrying his rider unseen into a village. There was nothing to do there but memorize each other. Returning, we smelled of where we'd been. The markets, the metal troughs, the trees, the hands that touched our heads. Hi, this is Shira Ehrlichman, and this is my poem, Ode to Lithium, number 75, Mind Over Matter. I tried, but mind over matter is a joke. The mind is matter. Someone's unprofessional opinion was to relax over matter, to sandcastle over wave. They aimed to clean up a murder scene from behind a plate of glass. It was my murder, mine, as if I could possess the fire grief that possessed me, wrestle the wind to the floor for daring enter my house. But it's just me down there, gripping my shoulders, threatening my own heart. Have you ever seen the dark split into two peaches? Sickness is a lot like that to the uninitiated, it looks like fruit, wise, shiny, certifiably cherry. Do you mind if I die while I say it? Rot that my teeth met, my fault. Would it matter 
if I tried while I died? Will you relax the coffin into the soil? If you don't have blood on your hands by the end of this, you weren't listening. The names by which I am called in the public place render an example of signifying property plus. In order for me to speak a truer word concerning myself, I must strip down through layers of attenuated meanings made an excess in time, over time, assigned by a particular historical order, and there await whatever marvels of my own inventiveness. Hortense J. Spillers, Mama's Baby, Papa's Maybe, an American grammar book. Self-Portrait with Black Box and Open Architecture by Duriel E. Harris. Debt is a closed system, and I am the air inside the box, warmer and wetter than I expect. I dream my jaw is missing, and in its place a bolt of red cloth weighted to the loom, silk skeins and trembling tucked deep into my pockets as I dive into clear water. There is always a sea alongside the road surrounding the field behind the shuttered houses enfolding a strange city. And And before before the the city city, and under and and within within it, it, the the bodies of a girl and and boy repeat themselves in rapt. Held in the moment before drowning, they float in the sea, suspended between depressions in the water, arched into form. I find myself meandering, wearing the frayed lining of another's coat hidden beneath my undergarments. My desire a note tied to a rock and thrown against fear, like fear hardens against feeling, a boarded window barring a summer storm. Feeling devolves to appetite, its brass current as certain as a train's bladed wheels and amputations are precise. To have a mouth, a gut, to have skin, to want, My body will not be denied to make space for another. It is social and just and self-possessed, its inattentions selective. Somewhere a fist, androgen child scratching at sleep, teeth as long as a man's palm and porous. I awaken into memory chased with whiskey and wine, where my intimate sleeps unarmed, impervious to pain, skull tattooed with an intricate grid, studded with jewel-lit ring-shank nails, belly inflamed with rot, spoiled air, and cut grass from the patterned hills they roam. They haunt with a muffled drum. Flesh and drunken blood act in concert deliberate and heavy, if not certain, hands vague and coarse to batter or caress, the fingers leaking. Somewhere a door falls from its hinges, and another 
refuses to lock. A lid flutters, then noiselessly snaps shut. Hi, my name is Sam Sachs, and this is my poem, Butthole. Oh, you. Oh, putrid rose. Oh, floral gift from some dead god I buried alive only to excavate and find still fresh. Oh, myriad sweet sounds I make with it. Trumpet, trombone, tornado, goblin. Oh, second mouth that gapes and swallows. Oh, second mouth that hungers for new tongue. Oh, stomach that rests so far from the colon but still calls him cousin. Oh, come, oh, old world magic. Oh, small, hungry prince. How many octaves can you tuba? How many eloquent speeches come right from the gut? What countless phallic shapes have you named husband? What knuckle tucked in me a dyke holds all this stale water? Sweet you, who birthed iron when I took too many women's multivitamins, claiming there was no such thing as gender. Praise how you expand and shrink like a house's water pipes. Praise how when you bleed, you are always trying to tell me something. Praise you, tiny gymnast, beast with a breathing halo, gold band that weds my strange body to this strange, strange earth. After watching Obama win his first presidency, we go see Tina Tuna, a poem by Arisa White. You take Anna May's stage name and make it fish, dressed in tulle and sparkle and platform stilettos, drag Tina more masculine than her muscles can ever be into a river so queer the water maquillages our faces. I'm a clap waiting to happen. Your hands, thick and brimming, articulate the beat of our bodies meeting, The church wakes in my chest. The choir quivers with Tina Turner's lips. Your mouth around every note without your baritone pouring into that hoarse hook about breaking and staying. How do you not sink into song until lyrics grin with your teeth? Between your hard cleavage, I slip a five into the wailing aperture found in any woman's heart, into the part of the sun we don't see as blue. Hi, I'm Samia Bashir. And this poem is A Small Matter of Engineering. The old water tower once stored every drop we lived on. Its walls, dark-capped, bricked beige as supermarket pantyhose still rise, erect astride the main drag, where our road splits between opposing camps. On this side, everything gone as long as anyone remembers, and winter is still cold as it's ever been. 
on the other side. Listen, you've always had the broadest swath of the river, friend. Thing is, we're still here. Whatever else you've got left, well, let us stay parched. Go ahead. I dare you. That's it for this episode of All Up In Your Ears. If you want to read more about our contributors, you can find links to them and to the Orlando Victims Fund at allupinyourears.com. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you again next time.